stage. Lock yourself in. I have plenty of time to think here in the cage, to kick back and smell the concrete. And the concrete smells like banknotes. A lot of you have probably handled banknotes. You've handled banknotes that have been handed a million times by a million fingers, each finger smelling like its last meal. The smell of banknotes. But under the smell of a million fingers and a million meals on a million banknotes, there's an earthy smell, a smell of concrete, a smell of this cell. And it's the perfect complement to the smell of gold. In 1936, Dutch geologist Jean-Jacques Dozy discovered the world's largest gold mine, Vrasberg, in West Papua. He was mountain climbing for fun when his nostrils flared and all of a sudden he knew he was on a mountain of gold. The smell of gold has never hit me so strong in three decades of exploring, he wrote in his diary that night in 1937. 30 years later, Indonesia took over West Papua and granted the license to mine to American company Freeport. A company that's had Godfrey Rockefeller and Henry Kissinger on its board. A company which is the largest taxpayer to the Indonesian government. A company that pulls six billion US dollars worth of gold out of the Freeport mine, or the Grasberg mine every year. And the West Papuans, oh my God, you'd be better off in here with me than being a West Papuan in West Papua. That right there is genocide. And don't ask me, don't take my word for it. Look at the Catholic Peace and Justice Commission. That's what they call it. Anyway, I didn't start to talk about money because of West Papua. I started to talk about money because of Patagonia. Patagonia is a clothing manufacturer. It started out as a mountain ge climbing gear manufacturer. Founder Yvonne Schunadar started making climbing gear so that mountaineers didn't leave crap like this all over mountains. He cared about the environment, he cared about climbers, and he tried to make a sustainable business. 40 years later, billions of dollars later, he's invented clothing that made out of pet bottles. He's turned his company into a B Corp. He's been giving away 1% of his profits. That's hundreds of millions of dollars every year to environmental causes. On September the 14th, he took the radical step. He gave all the shares in the company to the environment. The earth is our only shareholder, he boasted. So to do this, he put 98% of the shares in Patagonia into the hands of the Holdfast Collective. So that collective owns the money on behalf of the environment. The other 2% of the shares, the voting shares, belong to the Patagonia Purpose Trust, which is a social enterprise that runs the company and gives away the billions of dollars to environmental causes, climate activism, and so on. So it's not unusual for organizations like our very own Triple Z to act as social enterprises, to raise money from, in our case, subscriptions, your subscriptions, the sponsors, 
and use that money to, in our case, connect to community. Other social enterprises use money to employ disadvantaged people or to find beds for homeless people or to generate um, affordable accommodation. So we're used to the idea of not-for-profits doing good. We're used to the idea of private individuals giving away their land or their assets to trusts like uh, Give Now that puts land in, uh, holds land in perpetuity for environmental causes. We used to very wealthy individuals like Bill and Melinda Gates or Warren Buffett creating their own foundations to do what they think is good in the world. The difference with Patagonia is that it's actually donated the shares in the for-profit company to the trust, to the environment, to the cause. And so it has a revenue stream of billions of dollars every year. It has a um, bank account with billions of dollars in it. So it can continue to do good for perpetuity. Regardless, a lot of us, like me, like some of you, grew up mightily mistrusting the idea of money and wealth. So a combination of Christianity and Marxism taught us that the worship of money is the root of all evil, that capital exploits labour. It's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven. Capital externalises its costs to maximise its profit. It's exploitative, it's extractive. The notion that money might work for moral good then is somehow repugnant. But need it be that way? Money, like organised religion, arose with writing as we settled down. Pre-literate cultures used the landscape as their memory palace, recording complex knowledge in songlines built from the very earth itself. They did not own the earth, they tended it. They did not bury their dead with coins and bangles and signs of wealth or power. There were no imperial wars or slaves because there was no sense of ownership. Settlement changed all that. We specialised. Soldiers, priests, farmers and merchants. The hoarding of wealth, the recording of wealth, the writing of the words of wisdom. In the beginning was the word and the word was God. We ate from the fruit of the tree of knowledge. We discovered the difference between good and bad, and we did bad anyway. We sinned. We invented wealth, writing and religion. Wealth, writing and religion. Are they bad? Is writing bad? It killed the epic poem. It supplanted the songline. But I like to believe that my writing does some good. Is religion bad? Well, most of the evidence of my lifetime says, yes, it is. But then I look at the great vegetarian culture created by the Hindus, and I wonder if that would have been possible without a Hindu religion. How else do you take a million farmers on the great fertile plains of the rivers running from the Himalayas and convert them to worshipping cows, to put the bullocks to work, grinding the grain, pumping the water, driving the mills that power society? milking the cows to provide the protein for all of those people. There is some good in that, even if it's the same sophisticated society that invented the bank, 
and the forerunner of modern accounting. What happens if we begin to worship Gaia? Surely that's better than trashing it. Perhaps there's some good in some religion somewhere. So, we can accept writing. We're a bit iffy about religion, but we really do not trust money. And we might have to come back to that. I wanted to get on to legal rights. Oh, my. Spain gave personhood to a swamp. Don't start me on legal rights. Not in here. Not in the cage. I want to talk about legal rights, personhood, and how that relates to money. But I hear the footsteps coming. Dear listener, until next week, drop in again. I'll be here. Money. Legal rights. In the cage.